Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in Matthew chapter 5, focusing on just one verse again. Verse 14. We spent several weeks diving into the Beatitudes, and we finished looking at those in the preceding verses. Here, Jesus makes a shift in the Sermon on the Mount to speak of the influence of God's people in the world. And he starts with the metaphor of salt. Why did Jesus use salt as a metaphor for the influence of his people in the world? What do we know about salt? Well, it's used to improve the flavor of food, but it's also used as a preservative. Which one is in view, and how does that help us understand our role in the world as believers? Well, Pastor Jim will help us understand Jesus' meaning as well as the warning embedded in it. What good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Salt of the Earth. If you respond to the world around you by accommodating yourself to the secular attitudes and watering down your influence for righteousness, you lose your credibility as God's representative. Now, the good news is you can stumble and God can restore you. We we, we get that, but he's talking in broad generalities here. And just as salt becomes useless because of foreign substances mixed in with it, worldliness mixed into the life of a Christian makes that person useless to God in the world. Now again, that's in broad generalities. There are a lot of other passages that teach there is restoration, there is forgiveness, there there is new hope. Uh, in Christ. But this is why it's so important to God for His children to walk consistently in the world. You realize Jesus has no other plan for evangelizing the world than people like you and me? And do you realize that the church of Jesus Christ in the world is just one generation away from extinction? unless we pass on the gospel? Now, it's been one generation away from extinction since it was started. But we're it. You and I, by means of our influence, are the representatives of Jesus Christ in this world. We are the very message of the gospel itself, embodied for people to see living examples of what God can do. This is the reason God goes to such great lengths to restore you for your own good. Hebrews 12, every son, every child that he receives, he chastens. He also does it for the good of the whole church. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he wants the church to be pure, so get the impure things out, if you will. So, come back one more time. You are the salt of the earth, But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. 
We will visit this passage again, Lord willing, seven days from now, to deal with the rest of this section, and we'll see how the other metaphor, the light of the world, strengthens what he's been saying already, and we're going to grasp it more than ever, I think, for, uh, for our generation. Now, with everything going on this morning, I, I didn't want to rush us, so hence just the just the one verse, but I want you to be thinking about these things, about our collective impact on the world. And I'd like to close with uh, an excerpt from a book that I really like. It's called Lifestyle Evangelism. I was shocked to find out it's almost 40 years ago that it was published, but I devoured it when it was. I've given away um, many, copy, many copies of it, and there's, a, there's even a, a follow-up book to it. It's written by um, Joseph uh, Aldrich. There are lots of ways to describe evangelism, to encourage evangelism, to uh, embolden people for evangelism, to train people for evangelism. But thinking of us as the salt of the earth, that's one of the basic concepts there. Now remember, to preserve the meat, you have to take the salt and rub it into the meat. Well, if we're the salt of the earth, we have to find a way to take ourselves and rub ourselves into the ones that we want to influence. The antithesis of Christianity is monasticism. Why I'm so spiritual, I'm not going to have any contact with anybody anywhere that might pollute me. And God says, no, I want you to go out there and I want you to be a purifying, restraining, encouraging, gospel-proclaiming influence on them. There's another book, another, not, not, sure, not even sure it was a book, it might have been even smaller than that, um, that I loved from back in that same era called Out of the Shaker. The idea is, with the salt, is it's pretty in the salt shaker, but it doesn't do any good until you sprinkle it. All right, here's what Joseph Aldrich wrote about this. This is just one little excerpt. He said, I think it is fair to say that the majority of Christians have lost their ability to relate significantly to non-Christians. By no stretch of the imagination can the Christian community be called the salt of the earth. Well, that stings a little bit, but read on. I think he'll support it pretty well. Pretty well. He says, for, for salt to be effective, it must get out of its container and into the world of hurting, dying, suffering, sinning people. There is no impact without contact. And yet, after knowing the Lord two years, the average Christian has no significant relationships with non-Christians. Often, conversion opens up a whole new web of relationships and the new Christian inadvertently drifts away from his non-Christian associates. I would insert there, uh, statistically speaking, most people introduce more people to Christ in the first two or three years of their Christian life than any other time because they still have non-Christian friends who can say, what happened to you? That's how it's supposed to work. Okay, back to Aldrich. He says, in some cases... The nature of his past associations makes separation a necessity if growth is to take place. All too often, however, 
he withdraws from significant contact because he misunderstands the biblical doctrine of separation. Frequently, the unsaved are viewed as enemies rather than victims of the enemy. Spirituality is viewed as separation from the unsaved. The new Christian is told that he has nothing in common with his unsaved associates. Quite frankly, I have a lot in common with them. A mortgage, car payments, kids who misbehave, a lawn to mow, a car to wash, a less than perfect marriage, a few too many pounds around my waist and an interest in sports, hobbies, and other activities they enjoy. It is well to remember that Jesus was called a friend of sinners. A friend of sinners. When we're the salt of the earth, we are meant to be rubbed in, if you will. Not assimilated, but we're to have a purifying, upright, God-honoring, righteous, holy influence in the world. Think on that, and let's be salty until next week when we have to get some light on the subject. Now, you'll often see this verse or this four verses um, used to uh, make a call to political action. Do you see that? You're the salt of the earth. You have to be an influence in the realm of politics for the good. I would say that's about a tertiary application of this. This is not a call to political action. Jesus said nothing about Rome, nothing about politics, nothing about the Sanhedrin. He was talking about your influence as one who has been made righteous. But it is a call to spiritual influence. Political action is fine. And, and hey, I, I hear this big, there's this big thing coming up in the first week in November. And uh, a lot of people might be open to talking about this. But let me say this. Any political action by a Christian, any political speech by a Christian, any sharing of a political opinion by a Christian which does not link it directly to the gospel of Jesus Christ is not Christian action. You get the point? We're here to represent a kingdom that is not of this world. And how do we do that in a kingdom that is very much of this world? We need to be salty in a spiritual sense. More to come, but let's pray. Father, how we thank you for this for this remarkable truth that you have chosen to use us as your representatives in this generation, in this place. May we be faithful to the task. May we represent you as you would want to be represented. May we be the preserving, corruption-slowing corruption influence in the world that you want us to be. You know each of our hearts you know, Father, how easy it is for us to become enamored with the things of the world, to be tempted by the things of the world. But, Father, we know you have us in the world for something far more important, and that is to be your ambassadors. So make that the case, we pray. And let us be salty, we ask in Jesus' name.
Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.